0: Hi guys, welcome back to the Run It Back Podcast. I am your host, Joy. Alongside with me, as, as always, is my partner in crime, Wes. How are you doing
1: today, Wes? Hi, Joy. Hi, Run It Back Nation. I'm doing well. Uh, very, very interesting week in our uh, part of the woods. And, uh, you know, we're hopefully slowly getting to, you know, a brighter future. And yeah. um, hopefully we can try and shore up some things but regardless of what the world view says it's still life without formula one
0: absolutely absolutely and yeah uh it's gonna be uh yeah i mean my day has been you know kind of crazy as well um just got off work and so yeah but uh yeah like uh pretty much there's gonna be a short show today um we're just gonna cover hot laps and then you know there's pretty much only two big I would say kind of big uh, news uh, this week, um, but before that, uh, I also want to clear things up. Last week we we covered the news that um, a principal from MotoGP was going to come in and take in a, a beautiful spot. We na- we said that his name was like Rossi. <laughs> now, of oh, course, you're talking about a Flavio Brevio. Yeah, no, exactly. No, but, uh, what do you call it? His name is Davide Brivio.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. His name there is you Dav- go.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so we made that mistake last episode. And so, yeah, we, we want to correct it. We obviously know who Valentino Rossi is. We just kind of, you know, I thought, I actually thought that the guy's name was Rossi. Like his last name was Rossi. But well, it, his name. Well, the
1: CEO of Alpine. Right. The company itself is Laurent Rossi. Right, right. right exactly. Come on, man.
0: No, no, no. But that's what I'm saying <laughs> is that, like, uh, if listening through our, our last podcast uh, it seemed as though like we knew like that guy that was that davide brevio's last name was rossi that was gonna take over well but,
1: that's the line that you took i was referring to Brevo right the whole time okay
0: okay cool 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 but yeah like just to clear things up davide brevio is the one that's filling in for surreal abutable so so yeah uh but yeah the serial
1: is still somewhere in the middle of nowhere
0: nowhere <laughs>
1: yeah probably thinking about getting the tat
0: but uh, yeah, uh, so yeah, biggest news uh, this week I would say is Sergio Perez, right? His first days with Red Bull. Um, this is pretty much his first day that we. This is pretty much the first day that we get to see him in a blue um, uniform. Wes, uh, any reactions to Sergio Perez in his first days? By the way, um, interesting quote from Sergio Perez. Uh, Sergio Perez said that if we have a car that can win the championship, I will make sure we will win it. Now, there's a little bit of salt that's, like, being sprinkled on those sentences, on, on that sentence, right? Like, uh, well, tell me, tell me, tell me, Wes, uh, how did you react to, you know, his first days?
1: Well, just by looking at the photos, one, he looks happier. Mm. Two, he looks good in blue, looks yellow, good and red. And three, he seemed happy putting his hand in the damn Red Bull cooler. <laughs> But then again, uh, who knows how? I don't know what B- BWT tastes like. So, but he did look happy getting that Red Bull out of the fridge.
0: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, and yeah, <laughs> uh, I agree with you. Uh, he looks a lot more happier, of course, um, because over a month ago, his future wasn't certain. Um, he didn't know where he was gonna go. There wasn't like a team that was. He there was a point in the season where he said that all conversations had stopped. Uh, between him and the other teams that were kind of looking for for drivers because at that time a lot of the teams were already set they already knew who were they going to pick that's why conversation stopped and it was only like you know Red Bull's very last call to bring him in and relieve of uh, Alex Albon right and so yeah uh, I mean and also, like, Wes, uh, do you have any um, reactions to the sentence that he gave, right? Like, if, if we have a championship car, I will make sure we win the championship.
1: Well, for me, that, that just goes to show that um, he's a competitor. Right. He's, uh, he's going out to win. Mm. Granted, we don't know how this year's Red Bull is going to be. Right. Uh, of course, if uh, you were to do a very early... Betting odd, you would think that Red Bull would be second. Right. And um, that's not to say that that car is automatically no longer a championship contender. It actually very well is.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Because we have still yet to see Mercedes. And at the same time, we have to see if uh, this first year is going to look good with uh, McLaren, and Mercedes. And uh, we'll see if Ferrari is going to bounce back, right? Absolutely. But. For for me, that's just Sergio Perez being a competitor. Okay, that that's all. I mean, I can't imagine someone who is in Formula One not saying that. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's it's nothing. It's nothing new. It's nothing shocking. Right. To me.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But um, yeah. For me, I guess I took it a little bit more differently. Like, you know, if he does have the chance to fight for a championship. Um, if it came down to these two, two drivers, Sergio Perez or Max Verstappen, I mean you know, who are they going to choose? Of course it's going to be Max right? Um, I'm not sure if you know, I'm pretty sure Sergio knows that um, you know, when when he said that if, if we have a chance to make the championship then he will make sure that we'll get the championship. Does that mean you know, if the team asks you to you know, to step aside because if Verstappen is right behind you, well, are you gonna do it, right? Because this is this is kind of um well, okay, um this was the thing that I think that Sergio Perez um won't back down from, right? He doesn't really like to lose, especially in a team in his team against his own teammate. Uh, we've seen this against with Ocon. Um he generally would not, you know, step aside for his teammate. Um and he didn't really have that problem with Stroll because he's usually a lot faster than Stroll. Um, he d- usually has a lot more race pace. Um, but yeah, I thought this was like interesting. Interesting that he said that. So I mean, it'll be incredible if you know Sergio Perez turns out to be the the world champion, right? Like he he beats Max Verstappen. I doubt it. But like I like I said, I do think that the Red Bull has a great chance of winning the constructors this year. I don't think. Their drivers are going to win the, um, the drivers, any of their drivers. Uh, it seems as though, you know, once once they have that Hamilton contract um, ready and, and good to go, it's really hard to stop Hamilton in that Mercedes. Um, so, so, yeah, like, I, I don't think that this is going to be... Well, yeah, uh, Sergio Perez should have a lot of confidence in himself. He should have a lot of confidence in his team. But when it comes down to it, who ha- who does the team have confidence in? You know what I'm saying, Wes. So uh, hopefully it does get to that point where you know it could just be just the Red Bulls. It's whoever the Red Bulls are winning. That means we finally have a competition against the Mercedes. Um, but I I still think that Mercedes is still up there. They're they're a little bit harder to catch. Um, but yeah yeah. Um, yeah, pretty much. Anything else?
1: I mean, like I said before, it's their championship to lose. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with that sentiment. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So, but in terms of Checo Perez, mm-hmm. uh, before we put a stamp on it, you know, it, it. I think he can be a good support for Max. Right. By the same time. Um, I can see a lot of growing pains, given that the gap is going to be a lot closer, at right. least hypothetically. Right, right. Because best case scenario, they compete, and you know it's going to be like a four-car battle right. for the podium positions, right? Right. Worst case scenario, it's the same thing all over again, and then it becomes exactly. like one of the worst signings in Red Bull history.
0: Yeah, exactly. So. You, you hit it right on the head, Wes. Like, it should be... Valtteri Bottas versus Sergio Perez and Max Verstappen versus Lewis Hamilton. The the thing that I'm saying is like, you know, what if it was a 1-2 for Red Bull and it was Sergio Perez versus Verstappen? And that is where I think Sergio is going to have to, he's going to see that, of course, Red Bull is going to favor Max because he's been there the longest. They want him to be there. They want to keep Verstappen happy so that he can be there longer. Um, and so, yeah, it's going to be interesting, Wes. Uh, you brought up a great point. It should be a four-car battle, but you know, especially when you have two drivers that as as hungry as Verstappen and Perez, it's going to be a little bit more complicated than that. So, yeah, well, well said. I mean, if, said, you, if you wanna, if you want to if you want to get
1: a clue of what could happen, just refer to my quotes of having two number one drivers on the same team. So, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how so McLaren did it. It just so happens that Mercedes happens to be very good at yeah dividing the 1 and the 1A.
0: Oh, yeah, 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 Well, that's the thing, because right? Because
1: VB would have been a number one driver out of topic, obviously, but no, VB would yeah. be a number one driver someplace else.
0: Probably Williams. People are saying rumors that, you know, Russell goes up, uh, Bottas goes down to Williams. Of course, Williams is working a little bit closer with Mercedes, so it could be a possibility, man. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: Something tells me JB is going to take matters into his own hands.
0: Ooh. Oh, you think so? You think JB has a lot of power in that team? Just joining possibly. Oh, Possibly. I wish.
1: It's a new new, uh, breath of fresh air for uh, the Williams team. So anything can happen. I agree. Uh, And for for our listeners, um, the breaking news, I guess, uh, Jensen Button has accepted a senior advisor role with Williams. With Williams, yeah. So... um, That's the, that's why I'm making I'm half jokingly saying that JB will take control of Williams,
0: and I've al- I've always kind of like said this as well. It's pretty much like wherever JB goes, I will follow, because JB is kind of like he's kind of uh, weirdly enough Wes he Jensen Button is the the guy that represented Honda for such a long time. He had such conne- close connections with Honda that like wherever Honda went, JB would have went, right because. Honda was the guy was the, was the team that pretty much gave him His first win The team that gave him You know Faith in him to win And the team that picked him up When he retired You know Go to Super GT
1: um, And so sure. Yeah I think Yeah I mean, I mean granted uh, Granted uh, The first engine he got to drive around Was BMW Was a
0: BMW Yes yeah.
1: And then of course His uh, championship was made by who? The engine of this championship Mercedes was made by who? I'm sorry Yeah there Mercedes. we go That's what I thought Exactly. <laughs> so yeah he's the he's the everything man yeah. if you ask me
0: by the way if you're new uh listening to formula one if you're using us to kind of uh gain a little bit of knowledge about formula one uh that mercedes team the AM, mercedes amg Petronas team used to be the works honda manufacturer which is insane to me wes could you imagine if honda had stayed just for a couple more years they could have won with uh Ross Braun, definitely with the uh, Brawn GP and who knows sure. who knows like you know Andy Cowell could have probably joined their their program and given them their the hybrid engines that they needed right but like Well sure
1: but then again you know a lot of those uh, yeah. issues were far beyond Honda's control mm. right so that was a time of a global recession mm. so um of course Formula 1 is not always a profitable scheme right for motor companies so right. yeah for honda knowing that they are in the production car you know uh, everyday person market mm. you know they might as well save their assets for right or focus their assets on what they do best especially it, at a rough time
0: yeah it's great that you said that because the very last sports car that they pretty much made the la- very last two sports cars that they pretty much made was the new Civic Type R the one that set the the fastest lap in the Nürburgring for a production car front wheel drive or hatchback right uh and then the next one is well while it's rebadged here differently in US the Acura NSX was the second pretty much car that they went under to make the you know because Honda has always had this um this sporty car image um and so they kind of lost that throughout the middle of the century where you know they they had to make more fuel efficient cars and a lot more safer cars so like so yeah uh, definitely this is why like I follow JB because I feel like he is part of that Honda family he is a lot more closely to the Honda family so
1: oh, 100% uh,
0: absolutely and, so, uh,
1: yeah I mean that's I mean Honda's also the most uh successful uh
0: Japanese,
1: Japanese, or yeah, yeah, or Asian manufacturer in the competition, and you know that right. makes that makes uh, people happy, and it makes uh, something. Uh, it makes something good out yeah. of a production brand, and if you ask me, Joy, because uh, you know you and I like cars, it, right? I think JDM culture should be more privy to what Honda can do in right. the organized motorsport world
0: well well that's not a, just not yeah. just
1: not just making uh, capable tuning cars on the street
0: absolutely west and 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 i mean we could also talk about like the culture in formula 1 but i feel like um in formula 1 we've spoken about this right formula 1 seems to be becoming more american there's a lot of american companies that are buying into formula 1 that are owning these formula 1 teams and it seems as though f- what formula 1 is lacking right now is a a superstar from the United States. And if that right. superstar happens to be in the culture of JDM, then the entire scene would just blow up, right? You would just have this these kids like like you and I that are into JDM would just automatically gravitate, not automatically, but like would have a better chance of gravitating towards Formula 1 because look at this guy, he's got, you know, he he was backed by by a lot of JDM, like he knows like we could relate to him. And so I feel like that's what Formula One is missing—that um, kind of edge factor. You know? Well,
1: that means you're basically saying that, in, in to some extent, that Formula One could use another Lewis Hamilton-like driver, right? Because right. then, if you had if you had someone that was just more so that basically was driving a Ferrari or. Mercedes, since they were li- a little kid, then yeah. it's kind of like okay, that that goes yeah. to show why Formula One is a rich person. Thing. Exactly. Exactly. But then you got people like you and me, who are working class men, family men, right. who are willing to get up at times that we don't want to get up to watch this awesome <laughs> sport. Right. So yeah. and you know it's like yeah, and I you know we're also our listeners, we're also saying this because we're also both proud Honda owners and we love our cars. Right. And, you know, and uh, we 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 would do anything and everything to make sure you're in tip-top shape. And sometimes we feel like um, it's Formula One when we're driving on an open road and no one's <laughs> there to stop us. But, uh, uh, yeah, so, you know, it would be nice. It would be nice. But um, to wrap it all up, um, you know, I hope, speaking of Honda and our man of the topic, I hope Checo enjoys Honda power. I, and, I hope uh, thousands and thousands of free sugar-free
0: red bulls at his disposal <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely so i mean i would love i would love to be in the team just because of the free red bull oh uh, who, who wouldn't <laughs> but yeah that's why max is so fast but uh yeah anyway um moving on so stefano Domenicali is the guy that um he used to be an ex-ferrari uh principal and he after that after formula one he took over lamborghini uh he pretty much ran lamborghini uh and now he's back he's back in formula one and he is now the chief executive officer i believe i think that's so he's a ceo um he used to belong to uh chase carey um you know now it's stefano dominicale so and what's interesting is like as soon as Stefano Domenicali's name was, like, pronou- uh, nou- uh, announced to be the next CEO of Formula One, a lot of teams spoke against it because, look, this is a Ferrari guy getting into a high position in Formula One again. When you have Jean Todd, who used to be a Ferrari um, team principal, and then you have Ross Braun, who was a Fer- the Ferrari, like, lead technical, you know... Advisor. Engineer. Engineer. Yeah. So, like, of course, you know, when you have these, this generation of like Ferrari executives running Formula One, it, of course, it's going to bring up the conversation of like Ferrari gets away with a lot of things that a lot of smaller teams would have to pay a lot more for. But because Ferrari has been, you know, in this position for such a long time like that's how they get this power like that's how you you know they they just have this network of just Ferrari drivers or Ferrari executives and one thing that one thing I do like I will say I do like Stefano Dominicale um he wasn't quite the best uh team principal um I feel like at times he didn't know what to really say when push came to shove um, he, he was obviously ruthless. I think every Ferrari principal, team principal has to be ruthless, but um, he said something about the new era of Formula One, and he said that he's excited because he believes that the future of Formula One is the drivers, not the car, right? Because when you look back into the history of Formula One, it's gonna be the drivers' names that we're gonna remember. And he said that because the new generation is already here, While I just began my term, the new, uh, you know, the future of Formula One is so bright because we have these big stars like Charles Leclerc, Max Verstappen, Lando Norris, George Russell, you know. So, like he said, Formula One's problem is not the drivers. The 20 drivers are pretty good. Um, I would say 19 of them deserve it. But, yeah, like, I love that he said that because... You know a lot of people say that like you know of course formula one uh a lot of people still criticize formula one for claiming that they have the best talent in driving um when you know it's still hard for like a driver from a totally different discipline racing discipline to get over to formula one and you know you can't really you can't really say that uh these Formula One drivers are the best in the world when they can they only pretty much are very focused and specialized in their way of driving but in saying that Stefano brought up the biggest problem and I think that's the the cars right the cars the cars have been such a topic of like pretty much criticism and like a lot of yeah, uh, there's just been a lot of criticism of the cars, and I get that. Especially, like you know, especially when you can't create close racing, um, a lot of people believe it's the cars, and I also believe it's the cars. So, Wes, what is your thoughts on Stefano Domenicali's new suggestions for Formula One?
1: Well, I don't know if. It would be entirely possible, right? With the car, especially with the cars, right? Because if everyone, from car makers to even just people, mm. <laughs> public opinion, right? If they're if a lot of people are trying to shift towards a green future, uh, close to zero carbon footprint, right. In everything, it, it kinda is hard to. It's kind of hard to try and do anything when it's going to be turbo hybrid era for the next decade or so at at the least right
0: yeah yeah, yeah. because it's
1: what um the new regulations come in 2022 yes next year right and i think 2025 they'll develop it even further or something Uh, like that
0: it would be time for the engines to go
1: yeah exactly see and chances are, you know, they're not gonna go back to like. Right. I can't see them going back to like V twelve. <laughs> no, no, 10, no absolutely V8. not. V eight, maybe, but. But yeah. You know, I, I, I don't know. A lot of it is. Uh, a lot of it could also be that. You might bring up a good point, Joy, or you might have brought up a good point, Joy, in that like. It could be something that. Would cover Ferrari.
0: Yeah. Right, yeah, Because Even
1: even people that uh, in other sports, executives in other sports, when they've gotten into league wide or competition wide positions, they tried to propose rules that would have more or less favored their old teams. Exactly. Um, for for those uh, that are not based in uh, North America, NFL, okay. uh, football, uh, so. Um, there's this team called the Indianapolis Colts. Their owner was Jim Ursay. Mm. and uh, Jim Irsay always tried to bring up rules that would, pr- that pr- uh, preferably favor his team <laughs> rather than anyone else. Right. So I think what Joy's trying to get at here is that possibly it's a, it's, there, there's a possible risk of uh, Dominicali trying to perhaps uh, get some headway or propositions that could favor. Favor Formula One in general, but mostly more Ferrari than anyone else. Exactly. Yeah. And
0: yeah, yeah. And, you know, perhaps I also kind of convoluted the the question uh here Wes and that's totally my fault. But yeah, like like we're heading into uh era of Formula One where it's supposed to be equal racing. Um, and well that's the thing, right? Like just because we changed the arrow just just because we changed the regulation and just because we set a budget that doesn't necessarily mean that these that there's still a disadvantage between within the teams right like of course yes Mercedes can only spend 175 or 140 million on their car but they could hire more people there's gonna be more minds there's gonna be more eyes on the car that they're producing as opposed to like a Williams you know who has probably like only like 50 or 60 eyes on the car um and so like yeah so like formula 1 is definitely not a, a very fair competition i would say Wes um oh no i, yeah, I think yeah.
1: anyone anyone could uh figure that out yeah it's and it's not equal
0: yeah and and that's the thing like you know Stefano because like I said he's he was part of this Ferrari dream team um and he was kind of like the 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 beneficiary after uh the Ferrari dream team it seems as though form like formula 1 is very dominated by Ferrari executives former Ferrari executives uh and you know it, it's it's just weird it's just strange to to kind of see but i do for some reason I, i do trust them i trust them that they're in they have you know formula one's best interest in mind and so we will see we will see right like this could be you know the the new regulations could definitely shake up the the order the grid order it could also remain the same right because also a lot of people are saying that like yeah the aero parts the body parts of the car are going to be similar so the thing that matters the most is the engine and that right now it's still mercedes who dominate the engine and if you're going to put an engine freeze for development mercedes is still going to rack up a lot of points unless you build up a car that could pretty much erase the deficit between Mercedes and yourself. You've got to have a pretty good car.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. It, it's going to be really hard, I think, even for the Stefano uh, uh r- regime to try and make equal racing. Right. A part of me feels like when they do go to that new car, um, engine freeze or no engine freeze, there's going to be a dominant team. Right. Like, for example, if V6 hybrid never happened, maybe Red Bull would have won 10 by yeah. now or something like that. Right. Right? Or, yeah, or at least that's what Max Verstappen maintains. <laughs> right. And I, I, I honestly believe it.
0: Yeah. If, yeah. if they Probably never... possible
1: If they never changed the uh, engine, then maybe Sebastian would have never went to Ferrari and then Red Bull would have just ran with it. Right. But... Um, of course, then again, we can't, it's 20 hindsight's 2020 20, yeah. and we don't know how this engine, uh, and this new car, um, uh, design is going to look Right. Uh, at least on the track. We can't, we don't know unless we race. Right. right. Absolutely. So, you know, for, as far as we know, shoot, Mercedes could even dominate two different eras in a row. Which would be painful, right? If you're a, if you're more of a wheel-to-wheel, all-action fan, right? If you're a Mercedes fan, if you're a Lewis fan, you love it. Toto fan, you you don't give a crap, right? right? You don't care, because you're winning. But at the same time, it's like for the sake of Formula One, it's just mm-hmm. like, oh come on, right? We were promised, we were pro or like quote-unquote <laughs> promised closer racing, closer right? racing, right?
0: But I mean, hey, there's a is- possibility, there's a possibility
1: that they won't, we won't.
0: Exactly, exactly, and so like you know. I mean, Mercedes still has the same handbook, the same rules that they have to adhere to, that to the same other teams. But like I said, it's still an unfair advantage. These they're going up against manufacturers. These privateer teams, they're going against manufacturers. They're not going against teams that you know you could, you know, pretty much just, you know, they're not like a family-owned business. These are like corporations they have they can get the best people to do the job and because they have the deeper pockets they can pay these people a lot better a lot more and so yeah i mean yeah i mean we kind of we definitely went a little off tangent on the two topics but i love i love it because it brought up the conversation these, these great conversations of well what state is formula one in right now you know and what does the new regulation suggest, right? So, yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Wes, for, for kind of, you know, steering us towards that
1: topic. My pleasure.
0: But yeah, uh, so pretty much, yeah, that, that's pretty much it that uh, we had. Those are the two biggest uh, news. Those are the two hot laps that we have. Uh, and yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, wait again. You know, we'll see you again on Friday. Uh, hopefully we'll have bigger news. We'll probably cover uh perhaps the Williams uh Jensen Button Williams topic a little bit more uh once we have finer details it was just announced today so yeah it'll be it'll be fun uh thank you so much for for listening and yeah good night
1: keep it on track